Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that his younger brother? It's gonna be Jeff. The cream rise to the top for oh, you. Yeah. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. He sold separately from LJN. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling. Hey, welcome to episode 318 of the Fully Puzzable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today. My name is Jeff and sitting alongside next to me is my real life brother, not storyline brother, Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello. Scott, what is going on, dude? Dude, 70 degrees in February? What? It was 82 down in San Diego, according to one of my friends, so... Man, this weather has been crazy. It is like allergy city over here, dude. Like the weather and the wind picked up for a few days. So like, oh man, I need some Claritin. But aside from that. Hold on. Scott's got throat clears ahead, right? (laughs) Not that the listeners will hear, (laughs) but you'll have about 367 of them to edit out. I'm going to leave all 367 in. (laughs) Let the good times roll. (laughs) No, but aside from that, dude, everything's good. We uh, had some people over for the Super Bowl on Sunday. Uh, Pretty good game. It was the second game all season that I watched. The other game being the Bills and Chiefs, in which I was super pulling for the Bills. You mean the greatest football game of all time? It might be. It might be. The Patriots and Colts had a great game in the early 2010s, I think it was. That was just awesome. I thoroughly enjoyed that game. And that was one of my favorite football games up until watching that Bills and Chiefs game. So, but you know, I don't really watch anymore. But, you know, two games this season, I really, really enjoyed that Bills and Chiefs game. That thing was just incredible. I think the Bills take them next year. And uh, Super Bowl was fine. I, my favorite commercial, obviously, was the Barbie Dollhouse one. Oh, because of the He-Man? Oh, I marked out big time. The, <laughs> the young toy collector in me just like leaped out of old man Scott and was just like, yes. So I dubbed that the greatest Super Bowl commercial of all time. I don't think of any other one that would jump out as greater than a, a commercial with He-Man in it. That includes the WWE commercials. Oh, don't go there. I said it. <laughs> Those were good for the time. It would have been better if we would have won some squares, you know, we didn't win any squares. <laughs> Mom won them all. <laughs> I know. Mom won them all, dude. That was hilarious. Mom was $300 richer after the Super Bowl. And what's funny is mom and one other lady took the entire thing. Uh, some friends of ours, uh, Elsa, she won two of the squares. Mom won the other two. Mom got, I think it was the first and the final. Mm-hmm. And then Elsa won the other two squares. Nobody stood a chance. Two people took the entire thing. And it was perfect timing, too, because mom's down at Disneyland right now. Well, yes, exactly. So we've got an envelope when she gets back waiting for her with 200 bucks in it. So yeah, congrats, mom. Want some money on the Super Bowl. I was pulling for you, dude, but uh, you were going up against mom. You didn't stand a chance. Yeah, mom ruled all on that one. Oh yeah, mom gets lucky on the Super Bowl pull. She did last year too. Yep. If anybody would like to get any of our shirts, head on over to Pro Wrestling Tees or whatamaneuver.net. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, and the Book of Faces at Fully Opposable, Instagram, Fully Opposable, WF 
P. You can go back and listen to any of our past podcasts on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Please rate and review on iTunes and subscribe also. You can send us any audio questions, questions, or anything else at all. Send it on over to fullyposablewfp at gmail.com. Scott, have you picked anything up lately? No, but I did see today that Hasbro Pulse is having another G.I. Joe event on the 24th. Oh, no. Yeah, it's the 20... Actually, the 24th of the 25th. Anyway, it's in celebration of the 40th anniversary of G.I. Joe. I disagree. You disagree with what? It is in celebration of Scott Toon's birthday. (laughs) They're going to do all the reveals on the 24th or the 25th, and then let you party on the 26th. They'll be like, Scott, in honor of your birthday and the tremendous support of our G.I. Joe classified line... We are just going to give you everything on the house. <laughs> Something tells me that is not the case. <laughs> yeah, that is not. The, I'd be like, oh, you must have gone to my IMDb. No, uh, I haven't bought anything, especially after seeing that. I was like, okay, pre-order mania, right? Got to get involved in that because they're going to have some huge announcements. It's the 40th anniversary of the three and three quarter inch G.I. Joe line. So I'm sure they're going to announce more O-ring figures. The classified is going to have some announcements. So I'm super excited to see what they've got coming down the pike. So that's kind of where my pre-order money is going to be going again. So I did get the Honky Tonk Man from the new Superstar series. And I love it. I love everything about it. I'm all in for the Superstar series. Hook, line, and sinker, huh? You're, You're totally in. Oh, dude, give me all of them. I love it. I love the jumpsuit. I mean, the guitar is a guitar, but the honky face I love. And then as they get into wave two, more cartoonish look. I love the cartoonish look on these figures. You said it best last week. If these were on Mattel's Elites, we would have been like, dude, WTF. But the yeah. fact that they're on these Remco style bodies, I, I want to be showered in them. So here's kind of a question. And I don't know if, if Mattel has even made a decision yet. The Motu WWE crossover went three years, two years, three years. Three years, I thought. Okay. We got accessories. Yes. Right? They did the ring. We got the ring. They did one just the ring, and then they did the ring with the figures. So I really want to think that they're going to invest in this line. And I really, really think we're going to get a ring from it. Oh, I hope so. Dude, how cool would it be if it was just like a a light blue canvas and they had wooden posts and, oh, give me all of it. Well, being the fact that it seems more of a retro-driven line, I think it would make more sense to make it look like the LJN ring. Because I think it's safe to say we're not going to get LJN love letters from Mattel. Correct. So in some way, maybe you can incorporate that love letter into the ring for these figures. Because there wasn't much to that AWA ring. I mean, let's be perfect. Aside from the red ring with the cage, that was cool. But I don't see them releasing a red ring. The red ring with a gray cage, I I don't see it. But you do an LJN-inspired ring. You do a white canvas-type material like the AWA one had. And then you give it a blue cage with the squares, not an actual cage like the gray one that was on the red AWA ring. Mm -hmm. I think now you're talking. Like, that is definitely retro-inspired. That makes sense. Yeah, and then you put that retro WW logo in the middle of the ring. On the can print it on the canvas, and you could yeah. even do the sides of the, the like the ring skirts. You could even do those with like the the LJN inspired graphics, right? Yeah, with the drawn little characters on there, and it looks like 
you know, the blue wavy ring skirt. Yep. I could see them doing maybe something like that, that kind of combines Remco and LJN. You've got kind of the best of both. I would yeah. love to see what the box art is going to be. If it's going to look like that AWA ring box that had the drawn characters with the drawn ring. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be very cool. And then when you flip the box over, it's all the black and white artwork, which I dig on the figures. I would love it if the box of the ring did the same thing. But we've got to thank the success of the Motu WWE crossover. I think when it started, that WWE Motu crossover line, I think we both kind of said the success of this line is going to be driven by the people that are buying it, right? It's going to be driven by the fans of Motu, the fans of WWE, the fans that love both of these things. If you want it to continue, you've got to invest in it. It's going to be driven by you guys. And sure enough, you guys made it happen for three years. So... I think the success of that and the fact that so many people were turning those figures into Remco's essentially, I think that that really sparked what is now that superstars line. So, Hey, in some small way, let's all do a Barry Horowitz and be like, yeah, we made this hat. Well, I can't take any credit for it. Cause I didn't buy one of the Motu crossover figures, but <laughs> you guys that did Barry Horowitz, pat yourself on the back because this exists because of you guys. Now I'm kind of like, I'm thinking ahead. Now that I've seen the figures and now I know that I'm kind of in, I'm not going to buy all of them. I'm going to get a few. Now I'm getting excited for what lies ahead for that line. Like, remember when the retros first came out, it was like, oh man, are we going to get a ring? We got a ring. Didn't get any title belts, but we got a ring. So it makes me excited for what's to come. And because we know we're getting title belts, that's awesome. Next has to be a ring. I'm just wondering what inspiration they're going to draw from when they make that ring. Because we know Remco had two, that brown canvas and then the red. I'm wondering how they're going to... Because that just seems too bland for Mattel. I think they're going to spruce it up a little bit. I think that they needed to do more of the Motu WWE crossover. I I know that they kind of have a shelf life of how long these special series are going to last. Yes. Well, they also only have so many characters that they can draw from that make sense. Correct. That's true. But, like, I still saw those moving off the pegs. I mean, you saw the Romans that were sitting on the pegs. I think there was a Stephanie McMahon that kind of sat. Seth sat for a little bit. But everybody else was gone. They would get the new series in. Gone. They went so quick. Or maybe the timing of it going away was perfect because it's almost like a Barry Sanders type scenario where it went out on top. Good call. But do you really want the Motu WWE line competing with now your... Motu Classic and your Motu Revelations lines that are sitting on the pegs right now. Then you've also got the WWE Motu crossover competing with, you know, you don't want to cannibalize the brand, right? So maybe WWE Motu crossover, maybe that shouldn't be on the pegs with the He-Man and then now the Revelations is in full swing. Maybe that was just competition they didn't want. So maybe the line went away at the perfect time because, like I said, they did almost like a Barry Sanders where you go out on top, you leave the fans wanting more. What's to say that, say, Revelations and the Classic line start to dip a little bit? They could totally bring it back. They brought back Retros. Why couldn't they bring back the Motu crossover? I think fans would be all over it. Either way, it's money in Mattel's pocket. Oh, for sure. And speaking of Retros, Jeff, did you get yours yet? I I just got my tracking. Did you get yours? No, I have not gotten anything from Mattel about it yet. Okay, I just got my tracking maybe about 15 minutes before you and I got on FaceTime. Oh, sweet. Okay, I guess I got to check my email. I haven't checked it in a few hours. Hopefully, I got mine too, but I'm starting to see people posting pictures of theirs. Dude, I'm so happy I got in on these. I know. I'm so stoked. I was debating. I was debating. It was like, okay, if I don't get the pre-order, I am not collecting any of these moving forward. 
But now that I know I got the pre-order and it's coming and I've seen the pictures, oh man, that thing is so pretty. And it was the easiest pre-order, as I said a couple weeks ago. You got to love it, right? We griped and griped so much about the pre-order process with some of their stuff. That was super simple. Right. Yep. Well, it helps we didn't have competition from the G.I. Joe heads, too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so, Scott, I'm going to do a little something different right here. Uh-oh. You don't know about this. No. So there is no football on anymore. And I need something to kind of keep my attention while I edit the podcast. So what I do is I like to – I'll put on a Warriors game or something like that. But if the Warriors aren't playing, then – I'll turn on another basketball game, but I get a little bored a little bit, you know, so I need to do something else to take my mind away. Uh. So what? <laughs> hey, hey, baby, on only fans. No, I'm just kidding. Whoa. <laughs> what? I was talking about you. Uh, <laughs> anyway. About that. Oh, anyways. So what I decided to do is I went back to 1992. And what I was going to do is I was going to start at the very first WWF Superstars where Bret Hart won the title. Okay. And I was going to make notes about each WWF Superstars going forward, and I'm going to do it in chronological order. I'm watching all the WWF Superstars, and I mean, I'm even watching the Survivor Series, the pay-per-views. What's going to be difficult is when I get to Superstars and then have to watch Monday Night Raw. Ah, uh, yeah, because you're, you're like right there, because it was 93. Exactly. So I took notes and it was just little notes that I thought were interesting. And if you guys know the answer to any of these, please feel free to message us on Twitter. But again, this is starting at the Superstars where Gene Okerlund announced Bret Hart as champion. Actually, do you remember that? No. Okay. So I remember it like it's yesterday because I just watched this and I remember everything that's going through my mind. So I sit down to watch WWF Superstars. I kick back in the chair. Gene Okerlund is on the stage and he's the first person that pops up. Right. And he goes, ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce your new heavyweight. And he says that. And I'm like, Oh, did Savage win the belt back from flair at a house show? Or did warrior win the belt back from flair at a house show or whatnot? He says, Brett, the Hitman heart. I lunge out of the recliner that mom <laughs> and dad have downstairs. I take one giant leap up those four steps <laughs> that lead into the second level. I, I'm like a gazelle up the stairs because you're you're asleep in your room, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it was 10 a.m., dude. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I'm like a gazelle up the stairs. Don't even feel the stairs underneath my feet. <laughs> you levitated. You're like the Undertaker at uh at 21. <laughs> exactly. <Like> floating. <laughs> I hit the top landing, the third story of mom and dad's house. I run into your room and I go, wake up, bitch. Bret Hart's champ. <laughs> you didn't sound like Dave Chappelle in 1992. Oh, sorry. Will I'm you stop? Been, I've also been watching a lot of Chappelle shows. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I, I like jolt you awake. And I'm like, dude, Bret Hart's champion. And you kind of like, not there, dude. You're still of like, you know, half asleep and everything. I go floating back down the stairs. And then Bret Hart cuts his promo, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then they cut back to Vince and Mr. Perfect. And all they do is they talk about how Brett's new champ, blah, 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 blah. And they continue on with superstars. So that's my memory of watching that when it first happened. I thought the Chappelle thing was in there, by the way. <laughs> way to incorporate Chappelle with superstars. I love Chappelle show. <laughs> Who doesn't? It's amazing. But, 
but I'm taking notes as I'm going through 1992, the end of 1992, I should say. So this is all the way up to Survivor Series 92. So my first note is, why did all three titles change hands before 92 Survivor Series? Money Inc. beat Natural Disasters, Michaels beat Bulldog, and Brett beat Flair. And this was all within about a month and a half right before Survivor Series 92. Why did they change all titles before 92 Survivor Series? Well, Bulldog, I think they pulled the title off him because of the steroid trial. Was he involved in that? Yes, he was. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, so I, uh, we can check Bulldog off. I believe that was due to the steroid trial. Okay. Now, Money, Inc., I'm, I don't know. I mean, Bulldog was a, a definite why, but you know, Flair, because he was bouncing. I think that's when Flair gave his notice to Vince that he was going to be leaving the Federation. And so they just decided to take the title off of him. Okay. I'm glad you know these answers. I just thought it was interesting because back then the titles didn't change hands like that. And they did that all within the last month to month and a half of before Survivor Series. Well, and Money, Inc. beat Natural Disasters. It wasn't on a televised event, right? So it was on a televised event, which was weird because they showed... Now, this is all on Pacock. Okay. So... What they did is it was McMahon and Perfect in one arena. Then they tossed it over to Bobby and Gorilla. Now, it, they said that they were at Wrestling Challenge or something like that. Okay. And Money, Inc. beats the Natural Disasters. And what's funny is because pre-match, they get the beatdown from the Nasty Boys because the Nasty Boys thought that they had the title shot. Oh. Because they, they had teased it the week before that it was going to be Nasty Boys versus Natural Disasters. Well, that wasn't the case. At the end of the show of Superstars, Jimmy Hart goes, Money Inc. gets the title shot. So then Nasty Boys were so pissed that they came down and beat down Money Inc. Gotcha. But okay. Money Inc. still ended up winning the titles in that match. <laughs> okay. Uh, they did tease Undertaker versus Nails before 92 SummerSlam, SummerSlam Survivor Series. Okay. So it was a showdown in the ring. And we saw we ended up seeing that match at the Oakland Coliseum. We talked about it a gazillion times. It was a nine second match. Yeah, it was supposed to be Warrior and Flair. And right. it became Undertaker and Nails. <laughs> yeah, it went from Undertaker Flair to Flair Taker to Taker Nails. It was like, hey guys, here's some filet mignon. Just kidding. It's a small piece of cat food. <laughs> it was a huge bait and switch, dude. Okay, so another thing that I noticed, they were doing tapings a month in advance, and they had people showing up that hadn't had won the titles yet on TV. So my question was, is there anyone at the tapings, and what's going through their mind as they see Money, Inc. come to the ring with the titles, but the title switch hasn't happened yet? Like, what's going through people's heads as they're walking to the ring with the titles on? You know, we were never privy to that back in the day. We were never at those events. It would be right. interesting to have somebody on who was actually part of that where you're seeing like a champion walk out and you're like, wait a second. I thought so-and-so was the champion. At least the last time I watched, you know, last weekend, so-and-so was champion. What's this guy doing with the title? Right. That had to cause some confusion. Seriously. If any of our listeners were ever at any of these tapings, please message us and just tell us what was going through your head. I'm really interested, like, because I would be so confused. I'd be like, wait a second. I watch all one hour of Superstars and never saw Money, Inc. win the belts from Natural Disasters at this point. They did it about a couple weeks later at a different taping, though. 
Well, the other crazy one too, and I don't know if anybody that's listening was there, but when they brought out Lex Luger with the title. Oh, good call. That's actually on YouTube. You can go watch it. And it, yes. I, again, they don't know if they were like just basically testing crowd reaction or if booking plans were in place to actually have Luger beat Yoko. Right. And that just fell through. Everything I've read said that was never the plan. But why does that footage exist of him going to the ring with the title? My next question, was Bulldog one of the worst IC champs ever? He only beat Repo Man on a taping of Superstars. Now, well, I guess a lot... I know a lot of people could say, oh, but Edge only held the title for one day when he beat Jarrett. Uh, I know a lot of people can pull that card. <laughs> but booking was different back then. Uh, true. You were working four major pay-per-views as opposed to when Edge was champ, they were doing like, what, 12 to 14? Yeah. So that, that a different time. But honestly, I think Bulldog would have been a longer reigning champion had the steroid trial not been going on. Okay. Uh, my next note that I have down, why didn't Nails Hasbro come with a nightstick? <laughs> That's a great question. That is a great question. I would love to ask somebody at Hasbro that question. Uh, I did say that we need another brain scan, which was basically Bobby the Brain Heenan's little telestrator thing that like John Madden would use. Oh, yes, that's right. I, I said we needed another brain scan. Sergeant Slaughter was a horrible rules official. Do you remember <laughs> when Slaughter was the rules official? Yes, I do. I said he was horrible. <laughs> I I said, WTF, what is a Lance Cassidy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Was that... um? Uh, wait, was that Marty Jannetty and... No. Al Snow? It, no. It was it was one of the tag teams. Uh, was it? Oh, that young was Leaf Cassidy. Sorry. Wasn't it the Young Pistols in WCW? It was like Tracy Smothers and one other dude, and I think it was the other dude. I can't remember the name of that guy. Oh, that was him. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, was it Steve Armstrong? We'll have to hmm. we'll have to fact check that. Y- yeah. Uh, so Doink just started showing up too. And I said, I can't wait for the ultimate doink to come with the mallet. Oh, dude. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for that doink figure. So in these 92 WWF superstars I'm watching, he's showing up with the mallet. So I'm like, I can't wait for that figure. Yes. A random thing. I said, why is Ultimate Warrior still on the thumbnail on Pacock for Survivor Series? Yeah, he didn't show up. He didn't show up. So, so why? And then um, I said, are people really bringing figures to the shows or are they buying them at the shows? Because a lot of people, like Marty Jannetty showed back up at the end of 92. So there's some girl sitting in the front row holding the Marty Jannetty rocker. So I'm like, okay, did she buy that at the show? Or did she bring that from home? I don't remember ever seeing Hasbros at any of the house shows that we went to. No, we never saw any Hasbros at any house shows. So that would be another one if anybody went to a show back then. Do you ever recall seeing Hasbro's being sold? We never saw it. So, cause there was a lot of people like there was one superstars where the natural disasters showed up and there was people holding typhoon and earthquake, natural disaster figures. Okay. I, I mentioned the Marty Jannetty. There's people holding Bret Hart Hasbro's. I'm like, okay, are they buying these at the shows? I'm a little confused. Like we got that one story where somebody had mentioned down in Southern California that they bought the nasty boys at a house show. Oh, interesting. Right. So were they selling them at these shows, uh, at these live events, I should say? Maybe at certain ones, yeah, because you got to figure at those live events, they were recording, what, three, four weeks of shows? Yeah. So yeah, why not sell your figures too? People are going to be there for like four hours. 
So may as well put all your merch out there, shirts, figures, everything, foam fingers. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun going back and watching this. So next week I'll probably have up to Royal Rumble 93 and I'll have my next set of notes. Excellent. Good job, dude. Thanks, dude. I thought that was kind of fun. I I started making notes like I didn't understand a lot of stuff. I was like, why didn't we get that nightstick with nails? Yeah, that would have been a great accessory. You know, I was actually going to recommend you watch Excite, that video channel. But yeah, this is way better. Is Nelson on Excite? Always. Do you sit there and watch it or do you skip? Do you go Alexa skip? skip. (laughs) Alexa skip. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't play drunk wrestling history. Alexa, you know I hate Nelson. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. She responded. I think that was like her circle and cross through it for Nelson. She was like, I know. I hate them too. I think my Alexa's going off in the front room. Alexa, (laughs) Alexa, shut up. Our Alexas are talking. They're like, yeah, Nelson sucks. But your Nelson or your Alexa's like, no, Nelson rules. (laughs) Jeff said so. Your Alexa's like, what was he having you play last night? And my Alexa's like, Belle Biv DeVoe. (laughs) Winger. Winger, Night, <laughs> Nightwing. <laughs> That's a DC superhero, dude. Oh, what was the Night Night Ranger? Oh, them too. Yes, <laughs> I was close. Anyways, Scott, will we you have stop? A lo- <laughs> we have a lot of news. What do you say we jump into it? <laughs> Let's go talk about it. They <laughs> <laughs> play Nightwing. Oh, you gonna learn today? All right, Scott, good call, man. We looked it up during break. It was Steve Armstrong that was Lance Cassidy. So good call, man. Knowledge. All right, let's move over to Zombie Sailor Toys. He is going to be making the Road Warriors, Road Warrior Hawk, Road Warrior Animal. I'm thinking it's going to be about 84 Road Warrior, Scott. I think it's going to be around there. Yeah, if you look at Rudat's sketch, he specifically put on the sketch, it says Road, or not Road Warriors, it says Warriors on the side of the tights. So yeah. yeah, it's it's gonna be like I think AWA early NWA Road Warriors. So hopefully they've got like the neck, what do you call that? The collar. They've got, I believe it said removable pads as well. They do have removable pads. That's in my notes right here. Yeah, really looking forward to those figures. That's a clean sweep on our favorite tag teams, dude. He's got the Rock and Roll Express and he's got the Road Warriors. Yep. And we saw that match in nineteen ninety eight. Yes, we did, and could the not ni- believe it. We're like, dude, we're here. <laughs> the night after Royal Rumble 1998 that we were at. Yes, that was that was so awesome. Being able to see that whole Mike Tyson, Steve Austin thing in the ring, that was great. That was awesome, dude. Just to say we were there for it. Yep. Well, more so for the Rock and Roll Express and Road Warriors. <laughs> we fought like cats and dogs over that when we were kids, dude. Yeah, like no Road Warriors would win. You're like, no Rock and Roll Express would win. Well, here we go. They go to film Shotgun Saturday Night, and you and I are sitting there, and here comes the Rock and Roll Express, and I pop, because nostalgia. And then the Road Warriors follow out, and we're like, uh... (laughs) Yeah, we kind of look at each other like, holy crap, dude. We're sitting right next to each other, we're like, uh... We're finally getting our match. It ended up like a disqualification. I think Jim Cornette interfered or something like that. Yeah, because he was managing the Rock and Roll Express at the time. Like, 11 years sooner would have been way better... But at least right. we got to see that match live. 
Yep. All right, Scott, let's move over to Funko. Funko delivering on what was supposed to be New York Toy Fair. Okay, let's start with the Walmart exclusives. There was an NWO three-pack with Hall, Nash, and Hogan. They had a two-pack for DX, Triple H and Shawn Michaels, obviously. There was a white shirt Roman Reigns head of the table figure and Alexa with that doll because I don't remember the doll's name. Lily? Scott remembers the doll's name. Yeah, I believe it's Lily. That Alexa is great, dude. Like, I'm not a big Funko Pop guy, but that is a cool pop. All right, let's move over to GameStop. Yes, GameStop entering the uh, chat. GameStop exclusive Mankind, Lunch Pail, there'll be a pin and a lanyard. There is a GameStop exclusive Razor Ramon in all purple. Ooh, like Hasbro. Yep, and Mick Foley with the garbage can. But let's also not forget the best showing of all of Funko's WWE stuff, Eddie Guerrero in the Lowrider. Yeah, I think that is going to be one of the best-selling WWE Funkos of all time. That thing is so sweet, dude. Need it. Yeah, that thing's going to clear out quick. All right, pre-orders are up on Amazon. Alexa Bliss again. She will have a variant where she will be in all-black dress and like kind of like runny makeup. Undertaker, he will be in the casket, and he will be from 1994 look where he was in purple and black. Amazon exclusive Happy Brock Lesnar. That will be an exclusive over at Amazon. Bianca, and there will also be a Cena Rock WrestleMania 28 set where it comes with the ring. Yeah, look at Funko bringing it. Dude, tell me about it. But that Eddie Guerrero is a must-have. Oh, for sure. Yeah, a lot of people are going to be clamoring for that one. I kind of dig those car ones because they also came out with a Dale Earnhardt. I had to have that one when I saw it, dude. I love that one. Of course. Well, you bought me the uh, the old school 66 Batman Batmobile with Batman. So yeah, I, I have a lot of love for the cars with the Funko inside of it. And that right. Eddie Guerrero, would just it, it's awesome. It goes right along with all the other ones like the Earnhardt and the Batmobile. That thing's great. All right, let's jump over to FTC. They showed off their American Sandman, American pants, red shirt. Also, I don't want to leave this out. Christy Petrillo was on, you know, it's fake, right? And he had some interesting tidbits regarding his wrestling figure line. So give that a listen over, you know, it's fake, right? And it's not very often you get a wrestling figure with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth, but you can get it with the Sandman. True. He loves his ECW. He has Luis Piccoli doing American Sandman. He's hitting the right buttons over there. No, for sure. He had Shane. He's done Francine. So yeah, a lot of love for ECW over there. If you're an ECW head, you got to go check out FTC, what they have to offer. But Jeff, I guess we could kind of round out the news with some of the biggest wrestling news from the last few years. Um, I've got nothing. What is it? Dude, Cody and Brandy leaving AEW? That's insane. They're like the founders of AEW, along with uh, the Bucks and Adam Page, or Hangman Page. Like, what? Like, that totally caught me off guard. I'm more concerned about Jeremy Padauer. Like, I'm really concerned about, is he okay? Like, has anybody checked in on him? I know he was at the Super Bowl, but this news took place a couple days later. So is he okay? Is Jazzwares okay? What are they going to do with all these different 90 different head sculpts of Cody? Like, are they okay over there? Well, they could sell him to Mattel. (laughs) (laughs) Hey guys, you want our molds? Here you go. Steve and Bill are like, we're good, man. We got this. (laughs) Yeah, we can do skin tone properly. We're good. 
Oh, oh just damn, kidding. Just damn. kidding. Shade thrown. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No, that is huge news, man. I can't believe it. Um, it's one of those, like, you could see people leaving federations and organizations, but not this quickly, especially a big name like Cody. Well, it's not just that he's a big name. He's a founder, right? This would be like, it's way too soon in AEW's history to, to make this comparison, but it's kind of like if Triple H jumped ship to AEW, right? Like Triple H at this point is kind of like one of the godfathers of WWE. Same with Undertaker. Same with Rock. Same with Cena. You kind of have these these godfathers of the Federation. Well, Cody was the same kind of thing, right? He's one of the founding fathers of AEW. Like I said, it was Hangman Page and the Bucks and Cody. Like those are the guys that made that place happen. Without them, who knows? And of course, Tony Khan behind the scenes. And Kenny Omega. Well, and Kenny Omega, yes, thank you. But still, Cody was such a huge part of making that happen that seeing him leave, you're almost reading into it like, was it more than just a contract? Okay, they couldn't come to terms. But that's one of your founding fathers. You Really, you don't pony up? You just let them walk? I don't know, man. This will be a test for WWE, right? So we've been reading about a lot of backstage arguing in AEW. It's been a thing over like the last eight months or so. And it's one of those where there's smoke, there's fire, right? Sure. But when it starts to get like this and, you know, Cody's not on TV as much and granted he could be nursing some injuries. It's it's what happens in the wrestling business. And we're not back there, but, you know, we keep hearing all of the stuff. Hey, you know, Cody's not happy. He's arguing with the Bucks, blah, 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 blah. But I didn't think it would ever get to the point where he was going to leave this soon. Like three years in? I mean, it, it just does not compute. Right. This would be like if Jericho left and went back to WWE. And again, we don't know what Cody's doing, right? We're speculating now because that seems all the, the signs are out there that Cody's going back to the WWE. We don't know if that's going to happen or not. But is this the tipping point where WWE starts to kind of pull closer to the cool meter, right? With like that demographic No. You know, now they got Cody. Is this going to tip the scale on their favor? Is he going to show up at Elimination Chamber on Saturday? You know, it's a build a WrestleMania program. No. This could be, no? (laughs) No. As long as Vince McMahon is ahead of whatever, and he still has his lackey Nick Khan with him. Dude, WWE ain't changing, man. WWE is still going to be the, okay. Granted, they did turn Roman heel, but that's been a couple years now. It's going to be stale. There's nothing grabbing you except Roman's character. I mean, when everybody looks to WWE, what is it? Roman. That's all everybody talks about, right? I mean, a good Mm -hmm. solid win. They have a women's division and they do have happy Brock, but where's good tag team wrestling? But does it start with Cody? Okay, so you're getting, like I said, one of the founding fathers, one of the godfathers of AEW. And this is assuming he's going to WWE. If you're WWE and you get this guy, does this start like your goodwill tour? We're going to treat Cody like gold. And we're going to show you that if you come here, we're done playing games. Like we're going to book this guy properly. If you come here, you'll be treated the same. Obviously, they're going to have to be really selective. They can't take everybody that leaves AEW or Impact or that they're able to pluck from what was ROH's roster or even from NJPW for that matter. But does this start like a goodwill tour for WWE to show they're finally changing their ways. I'm hoping something good comes of it, that if Cody does, in fact, go to WWE, they're able to present a better image to potential free agents. 
And it's not just like I'm going to go to NJPW or Impact or ROH when it comes back or AEW. Like we've been hearing nobody wants to go to WWE because the morale is bad. Maybe this changes that. You treat Cody like gold. People see that. Like when Jericho came from WCW to WWF, right? They saw how they treated Jericho. Well, suddenly what were uh, the radicals, right? They came in and they got Raven and they started getting some names over from WCW and then it was just an avalanche and then a WCW was out of business in a few years. Definitely not saying that's going to happen here, but at least such a chance. I think this is a chance for WWE to, to maybe show free agents. Yeah, you want to come here. We've thinned out the roster. We're, we're not going to go bloated again. We're going to give more people a chance, you know, or do they just put Cody on a scooter and have him race around the ring, getting chased by the entire 24 seven division and make him look like crap again. I have a better idea. Dress him in polka dots? No, 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 no. Even better. What they can do is they can dress him up in this weird outfit, like a gold and black outfit, and put gold face paints on him hmm. and call him, I don't know, something dust. Because it has to be like his brother. Pixie dust. Pixie dust. Yes. <laughs> yes. Call him pixie dust. This is great. This is great shit. <laughs> it's one of those things I'm hoping... If Cody goes to WWE, they they show people this is an attractive place for free agents. Because you don't want people to automatically rule out WWE because they lost, basically they lost Undisputed Era minus Roderick Strong because they weren't an attractive landing spot. Right. They saw better competition over on AEW's roster. It could be a sign of good things to come. And that's what I'm hoping it is. All right. You know who else had a good talk about that is the Chick Foley show. They had a great talk about Cody as well. So go give that a listen. We'll get into Oh, nice. It. Right on. We'll get to them in later in the show, of course. But, Scott, we do have the nostalgia segment. We're bringing back WWE Elites this week. Welcome back, WWE Elites. Of course, we never really went away from WWE Elites. Just took a little break. We're getting back into the main line, though. So let's get into WWE Elite 45. We were on a break. All right, before we get into WWE Elite Series 45, we want you guys to go over to WrestlingFigureDatabase.com, go over to the WWE section, Mattel section, Elite Mainline section, scroll down to 41 to 50, and you'll see 45 in the middle. But we want you guys to follow along as Scott reads off this list of amazing WWE, delightful WWE Elite figures. So head on over to WrestlingFigureDatabase.com. Come. All right, Scott, you ready? Yes, sir. Wonderful. Your engine revved up, ready to go on WWE Elite Series 45? Can't wait. 48-year-old engine, you ready? <laughs> it's hey. chugging slowly, but it's ready. <laughs> All right, what you got for 45? Yes, sir. WWE Elite Series 45, as you said, Jeff. It is wonderful. First up, Bubba Ray Dudley. And he came with glasses and a table accessory. Of course, tag team partner, Devon Dudley. Same accessories, glasses and a table. What else would you expect? Then you got Lord Steven Regal. He came with an entrance robe and a collar ruffle accessory. Was wearing his maroon trunks. The narcissist Lex Luger in his traditional narcissist gear, the white and the purple. And he came with a purple entrance cape accessory. 
Roman Reigns, who basically came with the WWE Championship. And last but certainly not least, Seth Rollins. And this was, I believe, Jeff, his SummerSlam 2015 look when he wrestled Cena. Yep, sure is. And he came with a WWE Championship accessory. And he was in his white and gold tights. He also came with a white and gold matching vest accessory. And Jeff, that rounds out WWE Mattel Elite Series 45. All right, favorite figure? Man, this whole set. I mean, look, another Roman, but it was still really good. Every figure in this set is outstanding. I love Seth in that white gear. That's one of my favorite Seth figures. Exactly. I love that figure. The Dudleys look great. Lord Steven Regal looked good. That It's like they plucked him from 1994, 95, WCW. Exactly. I really did an amazing job on this series. Yeah, I love it. It's one of my favorite Elite Series ever. And I kick myself still. And of course, we'll get to why when you get to the eBay listings. I saw those Dudleys on the pegs one time. And we were actually on vacation at the time. We were in, I believe it was Palm Springs, if I'm not mistaken. And we stopped at a Target and they had them sitting on the pegs. And I looked at them. They had the whole series. I looked at the Dudleys and I'm like, eh, we're on vacation. I don't really want to sink our vacation fund into two figures. You know, that would be like $45 after tax. I'll just wait until we get back and I'll pick them up later. Dude, I swear, I never saw him again. Like, the guy whose rule is buy it when you see it, I passed on him because we were on vacation. And I never saw him again. Didn't bother to pick him up on eBay, (laughs) as I should have at the time. And now I kick myself for it. I would love to have those Dudleys, but unfortunately, they aren't in the collection. Uh, You asked my favorite figure out of this. If I can't pick the Dudleys together, I'm going Lord Steven Regal. No, no, no. So hard. No, I'm going Seth. You're going Seth. That's your final answer. That's my final answer. That white and gold outfit is just so awesome. If it's not the Money in the Bank Seth that's my favorite, it's this one. So I got to go Seth is my favorite. But man, the whole series is awesome. Roman is just kind of a throwaway. I mean, it's just like, okay, let's just place another Roman in. But throw Roman out. This whole series is good. But even with Roman in, it's still good. Because it's still a good Roman figure. But there have been so many up to this point. You're just kind of like, LOL, Roman. But it's still good. The Dudleys look fantastic. I love the camouflage they put them in. Yes, the red and the black and the white. Steven Regal, as I said earlier, it's like they plucked him from 1995 WCW television. Yeah. Even the even the Lex Luger looks really good. And one thing I do want to point out is a lot of people have gotten this Lex Luger signed. And every single time Lex signs it, it comes out great. And if I can make a recommendation on paint pens, do not put purple on it. Because it's a purple robe and he's wearing purple and white gear. The purple over everything just is, it's too much. Go with like a green. Yeah, you need it to pop. You want the signature to pop off of the background. Go with a green, a light green, like a neon green. It'll look great. But we do have to run down the eBay listings on these things. So Bubba Ray Dudley with glasses and with the table. Bubba alone on December 1st sold for $25 with one bid. However... 29 days later, the Dudleys together sold for $179.99 as a buy it now. Whoa. Oh, man. I know, man. So I was a little confused by that one. Um, Okay, so Bubba alone was $25, but Devon's worth $154? 
Or, you know, it could have been the inverse of that too. Somebody could have bought Devon solo and not paid much. You want the Dudleys together. You don't want to buy one without the other unless you were missing one for your collection, whatever. But yeah, that makes sense to me, dude. You want, you're getting the tag team together. That's, that's a home run. And these were all a mint on card. Unfortunately, I did not find any Devon figures that were mint on card, unfortunately. So what I did is I pulled the Dudleys together because most of the eBay sold listings were the Dudleys together. It just makes more sense. If you're going to sell them, you want the pair. Lord Steven Regal with the entrance robe color ruffle. Ruffles. Ruffles are good. I like their barbecue ruffles. Ruffles are hella good. I like plain ruffles. Get a little bit of ranch dip. Oh, yeah. Oh, good call. Mm -hmm. All right. Back to wrestling figures. Last sold eBay listing, January 27th for $27.96. With him on the independent autograph circuit now for 28 bucks, that's a steal. That is going to be a gorgeous figure to get signed. Is he doing the independent autograph circuit? I wouldn't be surprised if he is, dude. How, how, why would he not want to go make money just signing autographs? I need him to sign the... WCW OSFTM Blue Bloods 2-pack. Well, hopefully he's at Stockton Con in August. Fingers crossed. Yes. But yeah, with him out there potentially signing autographs for 28 bucks, that figure's a no-brainer. Lex Luger with the purple entrance robe. Last sold eBay listing February 16th, which was yesterday for $55. Roman Reigns just with the WWE Championship. Last sold eBay listing January 28th. For $8.50 with seven bids. Um, I have gone back and looked, and it was episode 308 where Mizdow had the lowest line ever. And unfortunately, Roman Reigns defeated Mizdow by 50 cents. Uh, so Mizdow is still the base of $8. Base of $8. Poor Mizdow. And, and this is not including the network spotlights that we talked about. This is for the WWE main elite line. Oh, so close. Roman almost had him. Yep. It would have been, it would have been funny to call that line the Roman Reigns line. That would be hilarious. <laughs> Seth Rollins, WWE championship, white and gold vest, white and gold tights. Last sold eBay listing February 15th for $54.99, which was a buy it now. So that is it for the eBay listings. I got to say those Dudleys really surprised me at 179 uh, not me, dude. They didn't do a lot of Dudleys in the Mattel series or in the Mattel line overall. Right. And those are the elites, which are the best ones you can make. So, or the best ones you can get. So that's not surprising to me at all, especially given that they, you know, again, they didn't do any other elites. I don't believe except outside of that one. I think they did a battle pack. I think they did. I yeah, believe. you're right. Yeah. So there aren't a lot of Dudleys to get from Mattel. So that price point, that actually sounds right to me around 180. Well, Devon's worth $154, dude. <laughs> that's that's the way I do math in my head. I see. I see. It explains so much. Thank you, public schools. Scott, we have a few listener questions to get into, so we need to jump into that, man. Let's go talk to him. And I just want to hear from my people. Tell me, can I hear from my people? I just want to hear from my people. And I just want to listen to the all right, Scott, kicking off the listener segment is the great Christopher Dean. Hello, guys. Once again, another on-the-road WrestleMania question. Since, like me, you love you some tag team action. Giggity. <laughs> oh, he actually put, Jeff, will you stop? <laughs> uh, 
he knew it was coming. (laughs) That's funny. He knows us so well, dude. Christopher's going to be texting me about that one in a sec. (laughs) Let me know your top three matchups featuring tag teams. It doesn't have to be championship match either. Whatever you think is the best. I'll go with number one, TLC. Let's hear yours. Take care. All right, Scott, you want to go first? Are these our favorite WrestleMania tag team matches? Uh, it doesn't have to be championship match either. Whatever you think. Yeah, since it's a WrestleMania question, yes, I would have to say WrestleMania match. Okay, gotcha. Oof, tag teams. Well, because I was there and because of the excitement of the crowd, the way everybody got into it, I've got to go WrestleMania 2000, Edge and Christian versus the Hardys versus the Dudleys. It wasn't necessarily billed as a TLC match. It just kind of became one. And I just remember jumping out of my seat so many times during that match. And the way the crowd was into it, it was so awesome. I've gone back and watched that match. I don't even know how many times. I've got to say that's my favorite WrestleMania tag team match. Agree wholeheartedly. And I think it's just because we were there. Yes. And you could argue 17 was better. And I I wouldn't even put up a fight, but I wasn't at 17. I was at 16 or 2000. And I love that match. One of the matches I think about is WrestleMania 2 with the Bulldogs and the Dream Team. Yes. Yeah, that was going to be my next one. It's a good match. However, it's a weird ending because I think he whipped, uh, Bulldog whipped Valentine into Dynamite and Dynamite fell off the second turnbuckle and fell to the ground. Wasn't even able to get up to come into the ring to celebrate. No, he was outside the whole time. He broke himself. It was a good match, but it was a weird ending, I'd have to say. It was a weird ending, but it was cool because the Bulldogs finally got the tag titles. And I'm proud of you. You didn't say Demolition and Strike Force. <laughs> I haven't told you my third favorite yet. <laughs> Suck it, prick. Um, <laughs> so I have to tell you a funny story. I'm on a group text with Rad Chad and Keith Brockus. And Rad Chad sent a message about Ultimate Warrior from WrestleMania 7. And we just kind of got into that subject. Keith took a picture of his TV and he was watching WrestleMania 4. And while he's texting with Rad Chad and myself, the Strike Force and Demolition match is on. And I was like, dude, why do you got to do me dirty like that? Why? <laughs> and I was all, damn Scott for mentioning that on the show 500 times. I love it. You were like Ric Flair with a tear in Jeff's eye. <laughs> <laughs> And a smile on my face. (laughs) You're such a jerk. I know. But I agree with you, dude. Uh, WrestleMania 2000. Yeah, that's that's tops for me. I love the Bulldog and Dream Team match it too. Just because watching the culmination of that feud and getting the payoff of the Bulldogs winning the titles at WrestleMania, that was just so great. I remember reading the newspaper clippings because we weren't able to watch WrestleMania 2 when it was happening. So we literally the next morning got up early. Dad put the sports page aside for uh, for us. And there was a little blurb in the sports page towards the back of it. and Or in the sports section. And there was a little blurb in the back that basically had a rundown of the bigger matches. Of course, number one, Hulk Hogan beat Bundy in the cage. Spoiler alert. And then a little bit further down, it said British Bulldogs beat Brutus Beefcake and Greg Valentine. And dude, I popped. And I don't know if you remember, but the first time we ever saw that... That match was on Showtime. It was, you know, prime time, like six, seven o'clock at night. But we yeah. were able to watch uh, WrestleMania 2 on Showtime. And then, of course, you know, when the tape hit the video store, it was full on rented almost every time we went. And so that tag team match to me was 
It was great. I loved it. It was it was the culmination of a hot feud. It was like when the Midnight Rockers finally beat Buddy Rose and Doug Summers. There yep. was so much blood spilled between those two teams. Then to see the Midnight Rockers finally do it, it was just like, yes, finally. Dude, could you imagine if they tried doing the Midnight Rockers and Playboy Buddy Rose and Doug Summers today? Like, after the Midnight Rockers lost the first match, because it took a year for them to be, finally win the titles. Yeah. Could you imagine everybody on the internet today? They'd be like, oh, they're buried. They buried them. <laughs> what the hell's Vern doing? Vern sucks. They buried them. <laughs> But they let that story play out. And that's one of those things about the internet where it's like, I'm so glad the internet was not around back then. Yeah. Because hypothetically, let's rewind. Let's say the internet was there. Would have Vern changed course because of all the backlash from the marks on Twitter or in general social media? Yeah, maybe it was a different time. And it was just, it was booked differently. You weren't trying to to sell so many pay-per-views. Right. You know, so they didn't have the hot shot angles. They could let them play out. And I think maybe that's why we have a greater appreciation for the angles back then, because they were allowed to play out to whereas now they have to hot shot things. That's why I love those long term angles. Like, for example, Chris Jericho and HBK from the late 2000s. So they good. let that they let that play out. Uh, Kevin Steen and El Generico from ROH. That went so on good. for a year. Oh, amazing. Right. And. Those long-term angles, and I think as an old-school fan, that's why I love those so much when they're able to do them now. Because it's a hard thing to do now when you're trying, like I said, to sell so many pay-per-views in the year. You know, and you're, and you, you're tempted to hotshot things, but when you let it play out, man, it's a thing of beauty. Christopher, thank you for your question. That why didn't get my of... third one in? Eh, you don't need to. I know where you're going with that. So, Scott, we need... <laughs> it's not Demolition and Force. I promise. You promise. I promise it is not Demolition and Strike Force. Swear on your tickets to Iron Maiden in September. I swear that it is not Demolition versus Strike Force. Okay, go ahead. It's WrestleMania 4, Strike Force versus Demolition. I'm editing this. <laughs> no, it's not that one. It's actually the WrestleMania where the Hardys made their return. Oh, do you even remember most of that match? Yes. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, Big Cass and Enzo were in it. The Good Brothers were in it. I enjoyed that match. I thought it was fine for what it was. But that Hardy's return. I can go back and watch that right now and still get mark bumps from that. I can still get mark bumps from that pop, from that crowd. Eddie thinks it's hilarious because he was like, oh, dude, as soon as they lost to the Bucks the night before, you knew they were going to show up. No, I didn't. I did not know that. I, I knew what things I have read. I had read that they might be coming back to WWE, much like we talked about earlier with Cody. You read things, but you don't know it's a reality. You know, it's just dirt sheets thrown against the wall and, you know, maybe it sticks. In that case, it did, but I wasn't expecting it. And when they came out, that pop of the crowd, dude, I still go back and it's electrifying. It's and incredible. That match for me, I'm going to put that as number three. It knocked the flu out of me for a couple seconds, dude. I'll tell you that much because you definitely <laughs> felt it, man. Holy crap. You know what, dude? I get figure bumps from the new Superstars line. Figure bumps? Are you going to make a shirt out of that? Figure bumps? That could mean so many things. It could. It could. Let's keep it to Mark Bumps. <laughs> yeah. We won't bring uh, razor blades and straws into this. Oh. Leave it as it is. Whoa, whoa, whoa. By the way, have you ever seen the meme with the turtle with the straw in its nose? <laughs> There's like... <laughs> This is the real reason we're trying to keep straws out of uh, out of restaurants. Save the turtles. <laughs> Save the turtles. 
I'll send you that meme later. It's hilarious. Thank you. Thank you again, Christopher. Scott, next audio. It says trivia question part two. I think we're getting a second trivia question then. I'm so excited. <laughs> it comes in from the rings, the ring skirts. Dude, I need to do uh, music. I need trivia music for him. If anybody mm. can put together some trivia music, like some cool trivia music for Nate, that would be greatly appreciated. And it can't be Jeopardy or 60 Minutes. Yeah, 60 Minutes ain't trivia. We need like a cool theme. Well, no, it would be 60 Minutes, uh, the ticking, because we take so long to come up with our answers. That's true. Well, after it's edited down, it's only like three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but in real life, it's like three hours. <laughs> it's like, dude, our... our LJN question got night. It was like 19 minutes, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we devoted real time to that. I actually had to eliminate a lot of stuff. That's why I didn't go to bed till 1030 that night. All right, Scott, let's listen to Nate's trivia question part two. And one thing I want you guys to do is after you hear Nate's question, pause the show and then don't ever listen to us again. Just, just kidding. Just kidding. No, pause the show and answer as much as you can. You can take as long as you want, but don't cheat. As long as you don't cheat, that's all we care. That's it. Yeah. Scott and I did not cheat, except when we worked together on the LJ question, even though Nate wanted a blood feud. Yeah, it, it can't be a blood feud. We start off competitive, but then it's like, okay, I think we're stronger if we like put our brains together here. Our brains together equals one brain. So when we put our brains together, we have a 33 and a third percent chance of getting it right. We have a 33 and a third brain p- capacity. Yes. And that's better than 80% of all of you. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Let's get into Nate's question. What's up, Jeff and Scott? Nate, aka Ring Skirts here, coming at you live from the Wrestle Cave once again. You guys did so well the last time with that gauntlet-style trivia question that I handed you. I'd like to give you one more to see how you do this week. Once again, repaints do not count, but a re-release of the same character with a different body style would count once again. Um, Instead of the LJNs, we're going to look at the Hasbro line and want to see how well you guys can do on this category. Going back and forth to tell me the 11 Hasbro figures who have some sort of glasses... All are molded on. They could be reading glasses, sunglasses, or goggles. Can you name the 11 figures in the Hasbro line that contain glasses? Go back and forth. Let's go ahead and let uh, Scott go first this week. And may the best tune win. Unless you decide to just shake hands and work together and ruin my whole blood feud idea. Good luck, guys. I'm expecting Scott to destroy me in, in this week's episode of Nate Ringskirt's Trivia Showdown. No, have some faith, dude. All right, you go first, dude. Okay, I'm going to take your easy one. Bret Hart. All right, that was one of my written downs, so I'm already screwed. <laughs> so he did say repaints don't count. And basically, there were no other Brett molds. They did multiple Bretts, but they were all the same. So Brett is gone entirely. <laughs> Correct. So I'm going to say Shawn Michaels. Okay. I'm going to go Adam Baum. Damn it. That was one of my others. Okay. I'm going to say Sergeant Slaughter. Okay. Mountie. Ooh, good one. Good one. Good one. This is where I'm stuck. Think series one. Okay. So Hogan. Oh, Savage. Okay. And going along with Savage, I'm going to go Macho King. Ah, that was actually my next one. I know. (laughs) 
Okay, so let me think. Purple card. Steiners? No. Is there anybody on the purple card? How about the yellow card? Razor? Crush? You already did HPK. Already did HPK. Red card. Brett's the only one. Was there's it was Luger, Bam Bam, Yoko. Okay, no. Oh boy. Okay. Do you want me to go again? Oh, 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 oh! Wait, no. The third savage didn't have glasses. Damn it. No, he didn't. He just had it was top a, a face sculpt. Yeah, he had the top hat. Oh, oh, no, no, no. I've got one. Coco. Very good. Okay, I'm gonna go series one boss man. Okay, you can slow down a little bit. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> let me I think we're at nine. Hold on. One, two, we got Brett. That's one. Mounties two. Boss man is three. Macho is four. Coco's five. Macho King is six. Atom Bomb seven. HBK eight. Sergeant Slaughter is number nine. So Nate said that there are 11. So there's two more. Okay. Are you all out of people? I'm out. So we let's, let's combine forces here and start thinking. Okay. So series one was Demolition. Akeem, you said series one boss man. Did series two boss man have? No, he had. No, he was not wearing sunglasses. Brutus never had sunglasses. Jake did not have sunglasses. Because I'm thinking yeah. of guys they redid later. Uh, HBK is completely off the table too. Because yeah. the black and gray was just a repaint. Correct. Yep. Okay. Warlord had a mask. Yeah, that's not glasses. That's not glasses. It, well, it could be if it drops in front of his eyes. <laughs> no, that's an eye patch. Uh, it's not the x-ray vision from Peacemaker's helmet or anything? <laughs> no. Oh, oh. No. Okay, okay. Um, who are we missing? Okay, let's oh, think tag. I know exactly who we're missing. Who? Two names. Well, yeah, that's what that's what we're trying to figure out, Scott. Yep. So there were things that came out from Hasbro that were in groups of two. Yeah, tag team sets. There was the Rockers, Bushwhackers, Hawk and Animal. Keep going. I'm waiting for the light bulb to go on. Uh, Demolition. Keep going. I'm waiting for the light bulb to go on. Who am I missing in the tag team set? Oh, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to put in your application to be the new host of Holy Posable, <laughs> email it too. You literally mentioned them when you were reviewing your Superstars episode. You literally mentioned that somebody mentioned they got them at a house show or at a taping or something. Okay, I mentioned Marty Jannetty. I mentioned the Natural Disasters. I mentioned Bret Hart. You even mentioned them that they jumped Money, Inc. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> okay. I want to see how much of this gets edited. <laughs> But you you want to know the funny thing? To my right is signed Nasty Boys Jack's Classics. I could have just looked to my right. I love it. <laughs> That's great. I love these questions from Nate, dude. So when he was reading off the question, I was making notes and I had eight down on paper. I needed three more. It became nine when you said slaughter. I mean, we would have gotten there eventually, but I didn't have slaughter on my list. Did you have Coco down? Yes, I did. So 10 and 11, sags and knobs. You are right. Boy, it feels good to actually get them right. I know, right? That was a clean sweep. It took some thinking, but that was fun. Way less editing this time around too, dude. I know, dude. It's going to be like two minutes to answer the questions instead of the 19 (laughs) last time. (laughs) So wait, does this mean that we know Hasbro's better than LJN's? No, no, no. We, We missed one little caveat in Nate's question and it stickler that got us. 
It's that bright blue bandana. Damn it, Jesse. You know what that bright the bright blue bandana color reminds me of? That what? Super 7 Snake Eyes figure that's on the pegs right now. <laughs> oh my god, let's not talk about that figure. <laughs> I like the bandana on Jesse way more. Oh, by the way, I actually talked to uh, special guest Sean about that Snake Eyes figure, and he says it's actually a deep dive. It goes way back, and he was talking about uh, how Cobra was dressed up in that blue. I mean, he says it was such a deep cut. To the average G.I. Joe fan, people are like, uh, that's terrible. What the hell are they doing? But to the hardcore hardcores, like comic book guys, they're like, oh, that's kind of a deep dive. I'm not going to buy it, but oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's an awful looking figure. But hey, dude, we did great at the Hasbro one. Let's go back to Hasbro's. We crushed this week. Yeah, again, I- this will be the second time in the episode. Barry Horowitz, pat on the back. Good question this week, Nate. It feels good to actually get this one right. Yeah, hey, good job, brother. Thank you, Nate. That was a lot of fun, man. Keep them coming. Thank you again, Nate. Scott, next question comes in from Justin Summers. Let's see what Justin's got to say. Oh, by the way, he said you're going to love this week's question. He hit me up on Facebook Messenger earlier, and he's like, I hope the question this week pops you, so I can't wait to hear it. Hello, Scott and Jeff. This is once again Justin Summers from Wrestling Cheers with my bi-weekly question. Last weekend, I went to Toy Hio. In between that and AIW, the day before, I picked up a few figures, got some signed, and also outside of the realm of toys, I picked up some physical media. There's one thing that I love, it's good old school physical media, whether it be VHSs, DVDs, CDs, cassettes, whatever it may be. I picked up two VHS tapes. One is No Holds Barred, which I turned out I already had a copy of, but this one has a better case, so it was only five bucks, so screw it. The other was Santa with Muscles, and I've never seen this movie. But this Christmas, I look forward to throwing it on, and hopefully it lives up to the Christmas classic that is A Cowabunga Christmas. And the other thing I picked up, and I'll, actually all this was at the same booth, they had a, a bunch of records. The first album I seen in front of me was Kiss Alive 2. And I told myself, if I can find Destroyer within this box, I'm going to buy it. There was only one other Kiss album in there, and it was Destroyer. So let's talk about physical media. First off, speaking of Kiss, I want to know... What kind of uh, KISS collection do you guys have? You guys might have talked about it in the past, but I don't remember hearing about it. So I don't know if I'm forgetting something or what, but I'd love to hear what you have of KISS. There are a, they are a band that I've just relatively recently got into. I've mentioned that before. And now uh, I own Destroyer on vinyl, cassette, and CD. Kind of looking at some of those 45-year anniversary versions that I, I see out there. Those look kind of cool. And then just, you know, regular CDs or records or whatever it may be, music, movies. Are there any like really cool pieces of your collection? Right next to my desk here in my office, I actually keep a bunch of physical media. I've mentioned before I'm a juggalo and I got a bunch of ICP CDs and some cassettes and some vinyl as well. But I also have some other physical CDs that that mean at least something to me. First, I have what I believe to be Gabriel Iglesias' first album, which is called Pikachu, I See You. It is not on any discography I've ever seen of him, but I bought it like around 2004. I also have the special edition album of Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny, which came with a pack of 
Tenacious D tarot cards that you see in the movie, as well as a replica of the Pick of Destiny. And last but not least, when it comes to music, I do have the album Life is Killing Me by Typo Negative. Now, it's not the regular album. It is the special edition album that I didn't know about until years later. And it has the unreleased Kane theme that they made for WWE, but WWE ended up turning down in favor of Finger Eleven's Slow Chemical. I have a handful of other albums, but they are kind of obscure to some people. And I'm not like talking snoot or anything. It's just like one of them is, or some of them are albums from rapper named Proof, who was Eminem's best friend, who unfortunately was shot and killed in 2006. And I have the first album of a band called Foxy Shazam. Album is called The Flamingo Trigger. Went to see them in 2005. They got signed to a deal and everything, but like they didn't necessarily blow all the way up, so I don't expect everybody to know who they are. But yeah, that's uh, some of my physical media collection. Oh, and I do have like a bunch of wrestling albums on top of all that, including Macho Man's album, Cena's album, Hulk Hogan's album, the wrestling album. Some days I uh, I kind of miss those, the physical media days when it's the only way you could get stuff. But if that were the case, we would be releasing podcasts on audio cassettes and hoping people listen to them. So once again, uh, I want to hear about your KISS collection because I'm also getting really itchy on buying more and more. And what kind of gems do you have in your physical media collection? That will do it for me. You guys are awesome. And before I go, uh, I will end this on a song. Catch you guys in two weeks. McCarthy, Richard Nixon, Studebaker, Television, North Korea, South Korea, Maryland, Monroe. Jeff. Started the fire. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, dude. I think that's from The Office. I don't know what that's from, but that was hilarious how he said Jeff. Yeah, I think it became Ryan started the fire. But he subbed in Jeff. I love that. That's great. Jeffrey started the fire. So all the Office fans will understand that? Yes, very much so. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm just here for people throwing my name into songs. (laughs) Wait till they start throwing you into movies. I've already got my MDB page going. Exactly. All right, Scott, you are the bigger Kiss fan. Go for it, man. So let me point out, I think I'm the opposite of everyone that loves physical media. I actually can't stand it. Really? I, I, I don't like physical media, and I don't know if that's because I'm an IT guy. And so I prefer things in the cloud, so to speak, or somewhere that I can easily access it and put it on whatever device I'm watching. I am a huge fan of streaming. Huge. Pacock, Spotify, HBO Max, Netflix. Give me something just out there that I can go grab. Or even like, you know, a home media server to feed over to Plex where you've got all your movies stored on something. I hate physical media because it takes up space. And like I said, I think I'm the opposite of a lot of people in that regard. And especially because there's a big push now for physical media. But I've, I'm not a fan of it. I was when I was younger. I loved having CDs and records and tapes and DVDs and video cassettes. Like I loved that until I realized how much space they took up. And now I'm happy I can just fetch it somewhere and not have to store it. So what I currently have, I currently have all of my old Kiss albums 
from the 70s and 80s. That would go up to Creatures of the Night. But I have all of my originals that are probably amazingly scratched up. If you were to put them on a record player now, they'd probably skip like mad. Just because (laughs) I was younger when I had the collection, I didn't take care of it. But it's all the original sleeves. All the inserts that came with it are long gone, unfortunately. But I've got all my original Kiss records from when I was a kid. Uh, I do want to congratulate Justin on a great purchase. Destroyer's awesome. And if you ask a lot of Kiss fans, Destroyer is their best album. I politely disagree and say that it's Creatures of the Night. I think from start to finish, that's their strongest. But Destroyer is a great pick. I'm also a big fan of Asylum if you go non-makeup era Kiss. I think Asylum is probably their, well, you could argue Revenge also. But I'm, I'm more partial to Asylum. What do I have as far as Kiss memorabilia? I have a VHS copy of Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park that was released in, I want to say, 1987, 1988. And it's got a a picture of Gene and Peter on the front, surprisingly omitting Ace and Paul. I'm not sure why. But if you go on eBay, I'm sure you'll see the cover. It's kind of a a weird bluish, pinkish, purple cover. And it's got Gene and Peter on the front. So I've got that. And most of the rest of my Kiss stuff, honestly, is figures. I've got most of the McFarlands that came out. Uh, which, by the way, I was having a conversation with Tim at a chair shot on Twitter because he got into collecting the Kiss figures. And I was telling him about the McFarlands that came out. And up until these AXNs, the McFarlands are or were the best Kiss figures to be released. Arguably still are. If you're going to go buy the McFarland Kiss figures, I highly recommend the Creatures of the Night set. Not just because it's my favorite Kiss album, but because that's one of the only Eric Carr figures ever produced was in the Creatures of the Night set. Also, the Love Gun diorama set that McFarlane did is outstanding. But I want to show some love to those new AXN figures. So far, I've got Gene, and thanks to Tim, again, at a chair shot on Twitter, I've got uh, Ace, and Paul and Peter are going to be pre-ordered. So I'll have that set. The articulation on them and the accessories might make these the best Kiss figures produced ever. These things are outstanding. But I do still have my Kiss Mego figures minus Paul Stanley. What happened to Paul? So unfortunately, and I got these for Christmas one year. Mom got me or mom and dad got me all four Kiss solo albums and all four Kiss Mego figures. And she had lined them up against the couch. She had the four albums all side by side with the Mego figure in front of the album. Thank you, Santa. So, loved the Mego figures. I was over the moon, dude, that I got that for Christmas. And one night, I come downstairs. It's dinner time. And I come downstairs, and you're in the living room in the process of destroying my Paul Stanley Mego figure. Actually, you had just finished destroying the Paul Stanley, and you had turned your attention to Peter Chris. <laughs> and you grabbed him by the, the the leg, basically by like his foot and his ankle area, and you bashed him once on an end table, broke him at the kneecap. I screamed bloody murder. Mom comes running in, snatches Peter Chris away from you, saving his life. He got away with a broken leg. Unfortunately, Paul was in like five or six pieces on the floor. He could not be saved. Mom comes in, snatches Peter from you, puts him down, 
and I'm getting up to go like really hardcore bitch to mom about you and you pick up your toy train, run up behind me and clock me in the back of the head with it. So I can't go complain to mom more about what you did. And when I clocked you, I said, wake up, bitch. <laughs> no, it's more like go to sleep. And I sat there with a tear in my eye and a smile on my face. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Similar to what you did to me at WrestleMania 4. <laughs> I should have melted your Strike Force LJNs. <laughs> melted them. Stuck them out in the sun and just put a magnifying lens over them. You would have never done such a thing to the LJNs. No, I couldn't have. I couldn't even bite their fingers off. It's easy to do it, trust me. <laughs> I did it all the time. None of my <laughs> LJNs had fingers. So I have no recollection or no memory of ever hitting you in the back of the head with the toy train. Well, you were like two. I believe you because that sounds like something my little ass would have done. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thing. It was like your heavy, heavy plastic train that played music when you rolled it. it had a little record in the back. I was a brat when I was a kid, so that's totally something I would have done. The only thing I do kind of remember is I remember holding Peter Chris by the legs, by the shin area. Yeah, that's where you were holding him and you bashed him on the end table. So did I bash him over the kitchen table that was in the kitchen or the dining room table? No, it was like a little end table that was on the side of a couch. Okay. And you were just like repeatedly like you smashed Paul to bits. Like Paul smashes a guitar. That's what you did to Paul. Now, did I have this like little asshole-ish smile on my face looking at you while I was doing it? No, you were just doing it. Oh, uh, that's now that's something I would have done or something like that. (laughs) Look, you probably did, but I was so focused on the figures. So I still have to answer Justin's question. I've still got Gene, Ace, and Peter. But Paul was no more. Mom was never able to find a replacement Paul. And to this day, that's what I'm left with on the Migos. And let me also say, Figures Toy Company makes great Kiss figures. Their Dynasty set is outstanding. I love their Dynasty set. So that would be another one to go check out if you want something more in line with what the Mego figures were. Figures Toy Company is a great option if you liked those Mego style figures. If you're more into like the look and the sculpt, I would lean more towards the McFarlane, but definitely check out those AXN figures. I've only seen them at Walmart so far. I don't know if Hot Topic or anybody else sells them. I've only seen them at Walmart, but love those figures. And that's pretty much it for Kiss. Oh, what else I've got are the Spencer's uh, exclusive 24-inch tall Kiss figures. They did two series of them. They did Destroyer and Love Gun. I've got the Destroyer set. All four, they're 24 inches tall. And on the bass, you hit the kiss button and it plays a song from that album. Didn't mom and dad get you that for your birthday one year? Yes, they did. I got them when they first came out. The Destroyer set sat around for a while at uh, Spencer's. They were hot at first and then they got more stock in. They kind of sat. But I believe the Love Gun, which was the second series, I think that set actually goes for more because they were in limited quantities because they sat on stock of the first one. I believe the love gun is higher value. You know what's funny is regarding physical media, I kind of agree with you. I prefer stuff on streaming because it takes away space. Yes. However, I'm having a lot of fun watching Steve from PPW pick up the VHS tapes, the old school Coliseum home videos, like picking up Hulkamania 2 or 3 or you know the Coliseum home videos. I'm having a lot of fun hearing Steve build up that downstairs area or basement area that he has. 
Oh yeah, I get that, dude. If you've got space, absolutely. It looks great on display, right? Oh, dude. I mean, he he had somebody pick up these actual old school blockbuster style shelves and he put those in the basement and he has all of his VHS tapes lined up like you're walking into a blockbuster or a mom and pop video store. That's awesome. I love hearing the VHS tapes that Steve's getting and collecting. So I'm ha- I'm having a lot of fun hearing other people pick up physical media like Justin picking up those records. Out here we don't have the space for physical media. Unfortunately, it just isn't feasible. But hearing stories of people picking up old school VHS tapes like No Holds Barred, it brings a smile to my face because that's nostalgia. That's Friday nights going to Blockbuster, going to a mom and pop movie shop, picking up the VHS tape or at least grabbing the container behind and taking it up and then they have to put the tape inside it. Yep. It's that nostalgia that just, it makes me smile uh, because it brings back a lot of happy memories over here. Two physical medias that I can never get rid of. Number one, this means nothing to anybody, but there was a local band out here back in the late 90s. The band was called Under. Oh, yeah. Under was awesome. Oh, my God. They were fantastic. They were so good. And they were actually friends with the band Machine Head. They covered uh, Stepping Stone by the Monkees. Exactly. And I saw them only once at a show, and I was hooked. I bought their CD that night. And then I want to say within about eight months later, the band broke up. But that CD is one of my favorite CDs and I can never get rid of it because it's the only CD I have of them. And it brings back memories of seeing them live. Number two physical media I can never get rid of is Mitch Hedberg's strategic, strategic girl. Want to try that again? Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It's his first album. I think it was first or second. Is that the one he signed? That's the one he signed. Long story long, basically, uh, Mitch was supposed to come down and he was going to sign autographs for people. You know, you paid five bucks, you get an autograph, you get a picture, and then you move along. Well, Mitch ended up not coming down after the show. We saw him. And they basically came down with this huge picnic basket and they said, okay, here's a piece of paper, put a $5 bill in, and Mitch will sign everything. He'll sign what you write down on the piece of paper. And I wrote something so generic. I wrote to Jeff, you know, best wishes or something stupid like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you didn't really think that one through, did you? <laughs> you were put on the spot, though. You know, I kind of want them to put their own inscription, you know? I right. don't. So I didn't even think of it. I just put like to Jeff, best wishes, something so generic. The guy goes upstairs and we're waiting in the middle of San Jose Improv for like 35 minutes. It's me and like... 20 other people were just kind of standing there like awkwardly and 20 25 minutes later here comes the guy and he has the uh whatchamacallit so he has all the cds and he he goes okay mike here's your cd and he hands mike the cd and the guy mike takes off and so finally he goes jeff and i'm like yeah that's me so he hands me my cd and i look down and it says to jeff one f is missing and i can never get rid of that because that autograph is the greatest autograph I have through wrestling through everything it's my favorite autograph because Mitch improved that inscription that's awesome and you always get a bad time from people like why do you only have one f in your name all the wrestling autographs I have I mean there's a lot of wrestling autographs that mean a lot to me but as far as overall autographs it's that Mitch Hedberg CD so those are the two physical medias I can never get rid of I love it dude and uh Justin actually mentioned 
and this isn't a band we've talked about a lot on this show, Typo Negative. You and I actually saw them open for Pantera back in like 1994. Yeah, Phil was drunk and stoned uh, when they played at San Jose State. (laughs) Shocking. I think everybody in the arena was drunk and stoned. That is true. Although Typo Negative, man, they really rocked the house. I mean, I'm not saying Pantera didn't. Pantera was great every time we saw them. Well, the Typo Negative was so good, we went out and bought Bloody Kisses. Uh, I, th- I bought that before. Oh, you did? I was introduced to Typo Negative by actually your Drunk Wrestling History uh, co-host, Ed. Oh, okay. That's, that's how I was introduced to Typo Negative. So when I heard that Typo Negative was opening for Pantera, I was stoked. Uh, I believe you went out and bought it because you were driving around your Mitsubishi Mighty Max truck and <laughs> popping in that tape. <laughs> With the sweet bedliner and shell. And heading over to Rasputin's, you're like, I got to pick up this tape. This is awesome. <laughs> this tape, yes. Because I did not have a CD player in my truck. No, Mitsubishi Mighty Max didn't have that. Speaking of physical media. Speaking of physical media, Justin, thank you so much for your question, man. And thank you for the song. I didn't know what it meant, but it was great. <laughs> you started the fire, dude. Exactly. Thank you, Justin Scott. Last question of the week comes in from Josh Thompson. Hey, Jeff and Scott, JT here back with that bi-weekly question. So guys, I already know that you had won in a Mattel Creations Elimination Chamber playset, but what I wanted to know is if you had that playset in your hands right now, what Elimination Chamber moment would you recreate using wrestling figure photography? You got to do RVD with the Spider-Man crawl, right? That was so innovative when it happened. Bray holding up the title in the Elimination Chamber because Bray winning the championship was such an iconic moment to me at least. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. That moment where Bray won the Elimination Chamber and won the heavyweight title was just a special moment. And the way he won it because he, AJ Styles, he caught him in like a Sister Abigail or whatever that move is. I can't, he's been gone for so long. I can't even remember. Yeah, the where he kisses the forehead and drops him. That's a sister, Abigail. Yeah, because I think he caught AJ when AJ went to do the flying forearm. Yeah. And he caught him like that and hit him. So I thought that was such a great way to end the chamber. So I would definitely say that. I would recreate Edge slamming Kofi into the steps. That's exactly and- the one I was going to say next, dude. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, absolutely. That was, <laughs> I mean, you felt bad for Kofi, but it was hilarious because he had lost earlier. And just like, I'm going to be in this match then. And just took Kofi out. That would be a great shot if somebody could pull that one off. Right. And that's what I love about the Chambers. You have, okay, 2022 aside, in the Rumble, you have surprises most of the time. But in the Chamber, you also get some surprises as well. You get those little inklings of surprises. So I love the Elimination Chamber. Again, it's one of my favorite pay-per-views. It's like Rumble, Chamber... SummerSlam, and then WrestleMania, and then some other ones down the road. But I love Elimination Chamber because you'll get surprises. And also, you get some great wrestling in the chamber. I totally agree. How about HBK winning his championship after his return? Oh, with the horrible brown tights and the bob cut? Yes. Dressed to the nine that night. Yeah, (laughs) his unfinished gear. But still, (laughs) it was a great moment for HBK. Like, that would make some great photography. How about at the the women's one where Alexa was at the top of one of the pods and you had Bailey climbing up one side, Sasha up the other? Like the suspense that was building in that moment? Yeah. Or even in uh, Kofi's against Daniel Bryan when you really thought Kofi was going to pull it off and that Kofi was going to win. He went on to WrestleMania that year and won the title, but you really thought Kofi was going to pull it off in that match. 
And then after he lost, New Day was just sitting there with him as like brother in arms type thing. That might actually be the best shot to pull. Oh, yeah, that's a good call. Yes, that was a great moment because that set the stage for WrestleMania. You guys uh, send us your favorite chamber moments that you would do in figure photography. Or if you've already done it, shit, send it on over. We would love to see it. Definitely. JT, thank you for your question. Scott, that rounds out this week's show. We want to thank Wrestling Toy Tracker just for being an awesome website. Go over there, check out the carded and loose prices of LJN Gloobs, Hasbro's Just Toys, Bendoms, Defining Moments, and Retros. So again, WrestlingToyTracker.com. All right, let's head on over to the podcasting buddies. We have Breaker and Bane over at the Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. And then sometimes Bill Benis hijacks the show, but don't let him do that. Just listen to his show. If you actually really want to listen to that, you can listen to the Bill Benis show. I hope he had a horrible Valentine's Day. Oh, no, dude. He gets so many roses. Oh, I see. I hope he had a horrible Valentine's Day. With that mullet, dude, he gets so much tail. (laughs) You can forget about that Onita guy crushing uh, Will Chamberlain's record. Bill Benis with that mullet. Dude, flowing in the wind. (laughs) Wow. Anyways. It is pretty amazing. (laughs) It is. It's epic. Anyways, check out Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Also, I mentioned it earlier. You know it's fake, right? Breaker had on Chris DiPetrillo, so go check that out. That was a fun listen. And the TB Toycast where Travis and Breaker go over toys. And we want you to check out Doing the Favor over at doingthefavor.com. You can listen to their shows where they had their sports show on. And they had Deontay over there. He was on their sports show talking about the Super Bowl this past week. For the third time. Congrats, Deontay. That's awesome, dude. I know. He's a ratings drawer. Absolutely. So check out doingthefavor.com to listen to their shows. Also, Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast was a great show last week because they had on Ring Skirts, who filled in for Eric. So Steve and Ring Skirts had a great show where they talked about collecting, whether it was figures, VHS tapes, um, whatever it was under the sun, collecting wrestling stuff. So it was a fun, fun listen. I recommend everybody go and listen. I love how Nate had to get his very first Hasbro ring and I'll leave it at that. So go check it out at positively pro wrestling podcast. You told me that story when we went to Ikea looking for Detolfs. Trust me. You want to hear that story. No spoilers. No spoilers. Check out the chick Foley show where this past week they talked about Cody Rhodes being eliminated from AEW deleted fired. Do you think Tony Khan actually said it that way? No, no, he wasn't fired. He didn't have a contract. Of course he wasn't fired, but that would have been cool if he did say that. But check out the Chick Foley show. They have some good takes over there. You heard Justin earlier. You want to check him out on Wrestling Cheers, where he talks about AIW wrestling. Justin, didn't start the fire. Okay. (laughs) I like Jeff better. I like Jeff better. Uh, Also check out RJ over at Ringside Rant. Marty and Rucker do boot to the face. Tim is pulling up a chair with the fig life, as always on pulling up a chair and Scott drunk wrestling history. What you got? Yes. Give us a follow on Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk. The show that dropped this past Friday was a watch along episode where we watched from XPW, a scaffold match between new Jack and Vic Grimes. Oh no. If you've never seen this before, definitely give the watch along a listen. 
jump on YouTube, bring up the match. It's quite literally insane. And I won't get into the reasons why, but I will say it almost became a snuff film. (laughs) So definitely give it a listen if you're interested at all in New Jack's career. It's worth a listen. It's worth a watch. So go check it out again. Wrestling underscore drunk on Twitter because we're not always accurate, but we're always drunk. Did I tell you I talked to Vic about that match? Oh, you did? I did. So he used to go to the gym that I go to in San Leandro. And I was like, are you Vic Grimes? And he goes, yeah. So we started talking about WWE and how he was, um, oh God, he was dressed in all white. What was his? uh, Uh, Was it Mordecai? Was it Mordecai? It might've been Mordecai. And you guys might remember him. He was there for about two weeks, literally like shotgun Saturday night, showed up on raw and then he was gone. And then he went to ECW as the Baldies. Well, he talked to me about ECW and he talked about how he wasn't ready to jump off the scaffold. He talked about all that with me. And so I said, well, speaking of scaffold, you had that scaffold match at XPW. And I was all so new Jack. And he goes, yeah, he wanted to effing kill me. <laughs> okay, I was like, well, so that was legit then. Oh, dude, it was completely legit. He sat there and he was completely 100% honest. He goes, yeah, I shattered my ankle. He goes, I, somebody was looking down on me that night. Uh, well, so it's funny you mentioned that, that somebody might have been Vinny Massaro. So if you listen to the episode, Eddie's got a story about Vinny Massaro and how he played into that match. Oh, okay. I can't wait to listen. Give it a listen. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, it should have been on, dude. Vic talked about WWE. He talked about ECW. He talked about everything. I think I talked to him at the gym for like an hour and 10 minutes in the guy's locker room. Like... <laughs> It was he. He was clothed, so it was okay. I, I was that was going to be my next question. Yeah, we were just passing, and I just was like, "Oh, you're Vic Grimes," and then he's. That's how the conversation started. So, ah, nice. Yeah, it was a good conversation. Uh oh, we also talked about APW because I worked there while he was there. Anyways, that was a fun time. Check out Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. By the way, check out their Patreon because Scott and I are going to be on there very, very soon. So you might want to sign up for that Patreon over at Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. Can't wait to record with Marty this upcoming weekend. Love Marty and Sarah. Can't wait to talk to them. And of course, Ryan Buds does trivia with Buds. Check him out on all of his social media. He does live trivia on Facebook, which is a lot of fun. So check that out. You can follow him on Trivia with Buds. Scott, roll call. Yes, going to throw it out to Jason Wolf. Jump on over to his website. That is Doyle, D-O-Y-L-E, draws.com. You can get in touch with Jason to commission some artwork because if he's not your artist, he really should be. You can check out his chop shop where he does custom Hasbro figures, which I can highly vouch for. I've got the Road Warriors and I absolutely love them. But you'll want to check it out. He's got all sorts of good stuff over there. Artwork, figures. If he's not your artist, he really should be. DoyleDraws.com and Jeff... That rounds out roll call. Scott, do you have the countdown to the Mexican pizza going on, by the way? it's We're getting there. We're about two months out. So yes, I am uh, highly anticipating that. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I got an email that Taco Bell was bringing, bringing back a fan favorite today, actually. And I got super excited. Like I was ready to leave work until I actually read the email. And it said that it's the Choco Taco coming back for a limited time at Jack in the or Jack Jack in the box at Taco Bell. Uh were you a fan of the Choco Taco? Um the Choco Taco is very good and you can't really find them everywhere. They're not exactly like 
you know, like an ice cream sandwich that you find everywhere. They're not that they're rare, but it just kind of one of those harder to find ice cream items. But Taco Bell is going to have it back for a limited run in limited restaurants. And it's basically a precursor to a big launch of it if it does well. So hopefully they sell a ton of them and they bring it back because when they took it away in 2015, a lot of people were pissed. And I'm like, let's just get used to this because that's what Taco Bell is going to do now. <laughs> that's their MO. That's their thing, man. They love to break our hearts. But yeah, the Choco Taco is back for a limited time at limited restaurants. And Taco Bell is not a sponsor of this show. That's just, <laughs> I'm a fat boy and I love food. <laughs> Uh, well, Scott, that rounds out episode 318. Anything else? Stay safe, stay healthy, fig life since 2016, and happy toy hunting. I want to thank everyone for listening to episode 318. Hashtag fig life. Adios. Let's go Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring But we don't take it out the box, M.O.C. Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week We're the OGs of WFP Fully posable, thank you all for listening It ain't no storyline, real life siblings So everybody go and do your toy spotting Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the Kings